Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about Borderlands 3 and how the combat has been improved in this game. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I might be live right now. That's typically when these videos hit the feeds. If I'm not live, throw a follow on the Twitch channel so you don't miss my streams. I do stream through all the Borderlands games with my wife as well. We're replaying them all. We love the franchise, and you might not want to miss out on those. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can hit the subscribe and the like button. That helps me out as well. So, why would I make a video about the combat being improved? I think one of my concerns right now with the way they've marketed this game is that a lot of people uh, haven't played Borderlands 2 recently enough to notice a lot of the differences and improvements. They've waited so long for Borderlands 3 that the last time they played through Borderlands 2 may have been a while ago. Since I have just recently played some Borderlands 2 to test the textures, as well as starting over in Borderlands 1 with my wife, I picked up on a significant number of the differences in the combat that, unless you're really looking for it, might not be noticeable, and I really want to highlight these things. I believe there's two camps of people that have tended to stay away from Borderlands. I believe there are folks that haven't liked the graphical aesthetic, which I can understand. Um, I can understand because... There's a lot of Metroidvania games people have suggested, and I don't get into them because of the art style. So I understand art style standing in the way, but I also think there's people that have traditionally looked at the combat in Borderlands and found the gunplay and the the combat style to be unappealing. I want to talk about why that is, why there's been probably justifiable critiques of the combat up until now, but I want to talk about why I think that's changing and being upgraded significantly, so maybe folks who have been on the fence about gunplay, combat style, or graphics will potentially be won over by Borderlands 3. I do think the graphical fidelity improvements and menu systems and the way the guns look is probably going to bring people over, people that have never played the game before because of the graphics, might be convinced to give it a wa- you know give it a whirl because it does look uh, pretty good. So, let's talk about gunplay first. Uh, Second, we'll talk about movement. And then I want to end by talking about environments and bosses. I've got really, really cool things to say about the bosses because they did say some really nice things about what they decided to do with boss fights in the game. But we're going to start with gunplay. A common critique of, and even a complaint, about Borderlands 1 and 2 was that gunplay was really unsatisfying, felt really inaccurate or clunky or almost strangely rigid it didn't have that really nice fluid and satisfying feeling if you play a game like titanfall or destiny get used to that and then go play borderlands one or two you may find the gunplay to be unsatisfying it's pretty immediate and pretty apparent when you watch people play borderlands 3 at least to me being being very experienced in all three borderlands games up to this point borderlands 1 2 and the pre-sequel it was very apparent to me right away that the gunplay was significantly better more responsive more accurate the gun just felt punchier and they did comment on that they did say that they wanted to make it to where even really early on gunplay and guns felt strong they don't want you to feel like oh it's a low level gun this thing is absolute trash now they did that in past games because they wanted you to feel a very clear and present difference between a grey a blue a green a purple etc but they've gone away from that really what you're going to be doing now when you level up the guns is you're going to be getting better perks better efficiencies better and cooler effects but right at the beginning when he's picking up Jacob's weapons that are grey and low level you can feel I think a very very strong difference in the gunplay 
not only does it look significantly better and smoother, but people that had played the game pointed out and indicated that the gunplay did in fact feel significantly improved. Triple Rec was one such person that I saw commenting. I'm fairly certain he was there and got to play, but we also saw other people commenting on how the guns just felt way better than they did in the past. And as I said, Gearbox said they wanted even the early guns in the beginning to feel great. I think that's a very smart decision. If you're brand new to the franchise, the last thing you want to do is be picking up guns in a game where guns are the centerpiece and the sort of the the main driver of the game you don't want to have somebody brand new to the franchise picking up guns and saying this thing sucks like and feeling like the guns are bad that'll be a huge turnoff so right away I'm, I'm hoping people will get that taste for the gunplay even from the very first couple of weapons that they grab so now let's talk about movement uh, another pretty common critique of Borderlands 1 and 2 was movement and sort of the movement style of combat got into a place that was somewhat boring Borderlands 1 was a lot of backpedaling you would basically just get a bunch of enemies like skags or even the late game aliens that just kind of push up in your face and the easiest and most commonly implemented strategy was just to backpedal and kite all of the enemies this would put them in a nice straight line and you would just sometimes feel like that was literally all you were doing was backpedaling for forever so you're just backpedaling backpedaling shooting as you do it and then that creates a rhythm of exhaustion where you don't feel like you're moving forward and advancing you feel like you're constantly holding down and backwards on your joystick. Now, that was Borderlands 1. Borderlands 2, at least this is kind of how I feel. There might be people that disagree with me on this, but I felt like Borderlands 2 was a lot of face tanking, just sort of standing there and face tanking. A lot of the enemies would just dig in, throw their axes and shoot at you and kind of hold positions, and it was basically just like a civil war standoff they're standing along their line you're standing along your line and you're just shooting at each other until somebody dies uh it wasn't like that all the time but i definitely don't feel like the combat in borderlands 2 ever really rose to what we saw in borderlands 3 even those earlier the the very very early fights that they showed in the preview and then the fights that we saw later with people playing there was clearly more fluidity, more agility, and more movement going on. And I really think people may understate the influence of sliding and mantling. Because sliding and mantling is like a standard feature in most shooters now. People are like, why are everybody why is everybody celebrating sliding and mantling? You have to remember that Borderlands is an older franchise and it's been a long time, and a lot of what's become normative and common in shooters wasn't common back then. So just sliding and mantling, I think, from what I saw added a significant amount of agility, verticality, movement options, flanking, and decisions within the the movement of individual fights. I also seem to feel like, at least in some of the fights, later on there were some tankier enemies that just kind of stood there, but a lot of times I felt like the enemies were very, very versatile. They would jump, they would throw things at you, they would, you know, they would advance, they would flank. There did seem to be quite a bit of give and take of, you know, of navigating and moving around. One of the things that was very common in Borderlands 2, especially in the late game, is there were just loader bots everywhere. Loader bots are kind of stupid. They walk on straight lines. They're freaking slow. And they don't pose a threat. Now, there's context for that that you get in the pre-sequel. They're not really meant for combat. They're, uh, they're meant for, you know, <laughs> they're meant for being a loader bot. So... 
that makes sense, I guess, later on. But it makes the combat kind of boring. In this, I was seeing a lot of different enemies, a lot of different styles of fighting, uh, kind of channeling how bully mongs were very agile and fun and all over the place. There is there is good enemy variety in Borderlands 2 with stalkers and threshers and skags and, uh, and the like, but we're definitely seeing more of that in the combat in Borderlands 3. Lastly, and certainly not least, I want to talk about the environments and I want to talk about the bosses. First, let's talk about the bosses. Very exciting to hear that they wanted to increase the number of boss fights in the game. They feel that's a great time for you to really have your metal tested and to be severely rewarded. Every time we saw them kill a boss in these in these previews, there's freaking loot dropping all over the dadgum place. The other thing that I picked up on was that every boss seemed to have a theme and a mechanic. So, some of the earlier boss fights in, in Borderlands was basically just somebody that's really big with a big health bar. Whether it was Bad Maw or Mad Mel, a lot of the times it's just somebody with a big health bar that just kind of pushes you. I did appreciate there was far more thematic uh, differences between the bosses that we saw, the way that they fought, the way their ads helped them, and I appreciated that. That means you got to think through your loadout, strategy, positioning, what you're going to take out first, what you're going to shoot first. So the boss fights not only are going to be more common, they're not only going to be more common, they're also going to have mechanics that I didn't feel like there were that many mechanics in a lot of the boss fights in Borderlands 2. So very exciting to see an increase in the number of boss fights, but also just seeing those mechanics was very, very exciting. So increase in boss fights, a lot of more mechanics, and then the environments. Destructible environments. Very, very exciting to see that, being able to shoot through barriers, being able to shoot through walls and dismantle them, being able to punch barrels at people. Uh, Interactive environments, they were shooting the caps off stuff, and it was putting fluid on the ground, they were lighting it on fire. There was a lot of really, really cool things they did with the combat that felt new and fresh. It's going to kind of change the flow, uh, change the nature of combat. I love when he was intentionally doing things and creating his own style of combat. He was climbing stuff, he was punching barrels down, he was shooting off caps and lighting stuff on fire on the floor, kind of using the environment around him uh, to make the fights a little bit more bombastic and a little bit more fun. So, destructible and environments, more boss fights, more rewards, really, really excellent movements, and the gunplay refined and more responsive and more satisfying. So very exciting to see the combat in a looter shooter taken forward, and I really wanted to highlight these things because I do think a lot of people just, they've not played recently enough to see these differences and see these quality improvements uh, in... Borderlands 3. So as with all of my content, I appreciate you watching and listening to everything. If you listen on Twitch, watch on Twitch, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. As with all of my content, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about Borderlands 3 Combat Improved went through all the things I thought that are significantly better that people might have missed if they're not familiar with the franchise or not picking up on the differences. Uh, If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch these live at twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now if you want to come in and submit questions, take part in our conversations. If you're watching on YouTube, hitting that subscribe and like button is a free and easy way to support me as well. So let's just jump right into the questions. 
first question coming in from Wild Trash Panda. Do you think Borderlands 3 could make a full raid with mechanics work, with raid-specific loot to chase and grind? I would not be opposed to this. However, you have to remember that games need to stay in their lane. There was a quote where I forget who it was. I think it was Pitchford. They said, there's a lot of looter shooters out there and we decided to really remain true to Borderlands and just make another Borderlands. So that quote is not a ton to go on, but it's enough for me to say, I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to do what they're known for, which is raid bosses and not elaborate raids with mechanics. And the reason for that is Borderlands has always been a game where you can play solo or co-op. You can solo the raid bosses in all of the previous Borderlands, and I would think that they would want to continue that theme. So I wouldn't see them going with like really elaborate mechanics. Now, I, I will concede that they might consider doing an actual raid with... You, you know, you have segments and pieces that you have to beat as long as it's built in a way that can be soloed. Because I do think that would really grate against the game that they build. They typically build a game that can be played solo, two-player, three-player, four-player, and in, like, Destiny or Division, they build raids for a particular player count. So, that would be thematically dissonant to say, here's a really elaborate raid with lots of things and lots of mechanics, but it's built for one to four players. It might work, but I wouldn't I wouldn't put a lot of eggs in that basket. They've already done plenty of raid bosses. I would expect them to do it again. Ginger 300 looking at some of the footage uh, from the reveal, it appears the badass ranks are now called Guardian Ranks and are now unlocked after beating the story the first time. Thoughts? I think it's a great way to pull people into the next playthrough. Because a lot of the times, I think people sort of shrug at an extra playthrough. They're like, why would I want to play again? But if they're like, hey, the game's changing now. You just unlock this thing. Start investing in this thing with your next playthrough. I think that's a little bit more magnetic to the more common player. The more common player might be like, I'm done, I beat it, what do I do now? Or they're like, hey, you unlock this investment thing called Guardian Rank. Start upgrading your Guardian Rank right now with a second playthrough. As opposed to saying, you've now unlocked the next playthrough if you want to play through and, you know, the new, the real true game is starting now. I don't think that really hooks as many people. I think it hooks most people who are fans of the franchise. But you're trying to think of ways to make the end game and their end game loop more inviting to players all along the spectrum and I think that's a smart play for them to do that so I'm thrilled that they're not just doing new game plus but they're doing new game plus and a potentials kind of you know paragon system so thank you by the way if you guys are tuning in if you're new to the stream you gotta click the follow button to submit questions this is live I'm doing a rebroadcast of their official VOD from the reveal day Opinions get you banned. Thoughts on Dave Eddings not returning as Claptrap in Borderlands 3. Quote from him. Maybe next time they should put uh, the 12 million payment from 2K in the Gearbox bank account instead. I don't even know what he's talking about. Um, maybe next time they should put the 12 million from 2K in the Gearbox bank account instead. See, I feel like he's trying to take a dig at the rumors that have never come to fruition and it you know, even Pitchford said he was going to be, I think, countersuing because they were claiming that he was, like, laundering money or something. I, that amount of money, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain it wouldn't, I wouldn't think it would take that long to prove. Um, so I think that's just a, like, that's just a passive and bogus shot. Now, I don't know if somewhere along the line, they, they had conflicts with deals because I know there was another voice actor, I forget his name, 
There was another voice actor who claimed he wasn't asked to return, but the audio team told Pitcher that he was. I don't know what happened. I don't... Troy Baker, yeah. I don't know what happened with Troy Baker. I don't know what happened with Dave Eddings. It sounds like perhaps along the way, there was either miscommunication or somebody in a department somewhere dropped the ball. Whether or not emails were sent or not sent or communication was you know, poor. It seems that not getting Troy Baker and not getting Dave Eddings is odd. Now, I again, I don't know why he's saying that because he's insinuating they couldn't afford him. That's what this quote says to me. Well, they should have put the $12 million in the bank, in Gearbox bank account. What? So I guess they could have paid him. So what you're insinuating then is whoever did the voice acting for Claptrap was like cheap. Again, this seems this this and 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 Baker's public pronouncements seem unprofessional, but it also seems like that unprofessionalism um, is probably provoked by somebody else's unprofessionalism. Somebody dropped the ball somewhere. I don't know who. I don't think at this point it's really worth getting into a he said, she said. The game has been developed and delivered, and if voice actors are mad they didn't get included because there was a breakdown in communication or negotiations, and they don't want nobody wants to own up to that publicly, so they're taking like passive and vague shots at each other, I, it's difficult to know who to blame. Because how do we not know, like, do we, what if they wanted too much money? And Gearbox was like, we're not doing that. Like, we're not going to pay you that much money. And they're like, fine, I'm walking. And then they walk. And then they're like, well, they called my bluff. They're not going to give me more money. And now I'm mad. And now I'm going to go on, like, a passive Twitter tirade. You see what I'm saying? It's so easy to say things passive that aren't definitive. They're not actually accusatory or defamatory. They're just kind of passively insinuating things. It seems to me that there was a communication breakdown and it just isn't worth getting into blaming and saying who was at fault since nobody truly knows what happens. What happened? We don't we've not seen the emails or were part of the phone calls, so there's no real point in in trying to figure out whose fault it was or who's to blame. Um. Uh, Wa Wastavi says, with the new movement put in the game, sliding, mantling, and the likes, do you think they will add something to combat, like uh, combing certain elements? Oh, combining certain elements adds an effect or something to that degree. Keep it up. Thank you. Um, you know what I forgot to talk about in the combat improvement? I forgot to talk about how all the weapons have different firing modes and seem to be you know, giving you a lot of different combat options with respect to, like, being able to adjust to the enemy types. Um, so, that's exciting, I think. The fact that even with the movement, you're talking about combining elements, there's a lot of different ways to engage in combat with the guns as well. So, that's very, very exciting, in my mind. I like that. I like the fact that I can, every weapon's unique with respect to manufacture. You know, Malawan with those seeking bullets, very exciting about that. You know, I, I think that's dope. So, if you're new to the stream and just tuning in, make sure you follow the stream. I am going to do a Madam Crumpet stream tonight with my wife. If you don't want to miss it, make sure you're following the stream as well as following me on Twitter. Panopticon, any interest in playing Rage 2 in a couple weeks? Looks really promising in my opinion. I'm looking forward to something other than Destiny 2 for a while. This one's kind of out of left field. Try to keep the questions on topic, but uh, I, I plan on playing Rage 2. I'll probably get more Say No to Rage jokes than in my entire four-year career. Uh, when I play Rage 2. I guess you're not saying no to Rage. <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to charge people a dollar to make that joke, and then I'll just retire after one week because I'll make so much money. Uh, <laughs> so, but yes, I think Rage 2 looks dope. 
Skyviler? I don't know how to say this one. Uh, do you think Borderlands 3 can do stuff like Shattered Throne Dungeon? What's your opinion on dungeons in general, as well as how they would add to stuff like Borderlands 3? Yeah, you just gotta remember that games stay in their lane, and I think their version of raid bosses is kinda like, that's their dungeon, that's their raid. Like, they don't need to do this because ele- essentially a dungeon is just a, 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 a smaller fire team raid, if we're honest. That's essentially what the dungeons are in Destiny. So I just don't know if they need that type of content in Borderlands. I'm going to come back to the fact that they really build content that can be played solo, two, three, or four players. And dungeons and raids that require mechanics, you know, cooperative cohesion, grates against that idea. Now, I will say this. Let me me add a little bit to my own dialogue here. I'm probably going to get comments on YouTube about this. Terramorphous and other raid bosses, when you accept the mission to do it, it says, bring friends, you will die. So they do passively prod you to go fight Cromorax, not by yourself, or Terramorphous, but it's possible, right? You can't really, you're not, you can solo some Destiny raids, but like, you can't solo raids whenever you go into, you know, uh, a lot of the newer raids, whether it's Last Wish or Scourge, like, you can't solo them. They create too many mechanics, too much team cohesion. So, I don't see them doing things like that in Borderlands. It's just not that style of game. And I'm, and I don't want them to do that. I want them to pour their efforts and their resources into making it a great Borderlands game. Not a great Borderlands game that tries to, like, buffet piecemeal things from other game types and other genres. I think that can, that can actually hurt a game... Uh, in the long run, if you try to add too many pieces that just don't belong. You try to appeal to everyone and you end up appealing to no one because it dilutes the identity of the game and I hope that they don't do that. As far as I can tell, they're not doing that, so. Uh, Gooch58. Having only played the first Borderlands, do we ever find out what's in the vaults? Uh, We do. Play Borderlands 2. (laughs) Play Borderlands 2. We do. We find out. uh, And they change... And... the dialogue and the lore on on vaults is change is ever changing. It's not hard, fast, and written in a in a book somewhere. So I wouldn't be surprised if even in this game they add to and iterate on vault lore that may be unexpected. Given that in Borderlands One the vault's a monster and then you don't get to go inside, and in Borderlands Two the vault is different. Um, it's you know it's different in what they do. So I just. I would anticipate maybe a little bit more information this time, but I don't expect them to have like hard and fast lore rules about vaults, given what they've done up to this point. Giza. As someone drawn more to the shooties and the looties, oh, then the looties, (laughs) using my phrase here, looties and the shooties, uh, you're drawn more to the shooties than the looties. Do you believe the gunplay will be satisfying enough to hold my attention long term? My frame of reference would be gunplay like Destiny or Far Cry Crisis series. Well, here's the problem with with what you're saying. The shooties in Borderlands is bolstered and made fun by the looties. Now, keep in mind, if you're not really a fan of the looting and the grinding, like, oh, I gotta go for a god roll, you'll probably be happy. You'll get a dope gun. Like, this shotgun that Baru's using is freaking awesome. Like, there's never... Like, this gun just feels cool, the way he's using it. It's like a single-fire shotgun. Uh, it's just really, really cool. Almost like an elephant gun. Now, 
if you're just happy to find guns like that and use them, I feel like the differences in the guns, the fun nature of how they feel, handle, and the different things that they do, I think you're going to have a great time. Now, if you're like, oh, but I feel like if I don't grind for a god roll, the guns suck. I don't think you're going to feel that in Borderlands. I said, like they said at the beginning, they want even they want even the low level guns to feel really, really good in your hands. So I think if you're more a fan of the shooting, the variety of weapons in this game will probably have you feeling very, very fun. Now, if you're like, no, I like classic style shooting mechanics. I don't want a gun that's launching cheeseburgers. Then you may get annoyed. So, thank you for 23 months, Shep. So close to a two-year badge. That's a long time to be subbed to the channel. And thank you for using your Twitch Prime sub here. Thank you, everybody who's tuning in. If you're new, thanks for being here. Be sure to click follow. Uh, I've been covering Borderlands since the beginning of my stream four years ago. These Q&A sessions are an opportunity for us to have a back and forth and a talk. As well as I'll be doing an evening stream tonight around 8.30 p.m. Eastern with my wife, Madam Crumpet. We love the series. Hopefully, we see you tonight. Next question is from uh, Skyviler says, is there any difference in the characters as well as movement speed and gravity? Movement speed being different in the characters, I think is I I think is influenced by skill tree. I think your movement's standard, but then you can do things like after a kill, you move faster and stuff like that. I don't think one 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 character runs faster than another out of the box. I think it's dependent on your skill tree and the stuff that you're wearing. Um as far as the difference in characters with respect to everything else, um, oh, and then gravity, probably standardized. Once you go into the other areas, like your skill trees and how they play, vastly different. If you play as Flack, the Beastmaster, or right now, Baru's playing as Zane, then you're going to have a vastly different experience. So, did he say cheesy mechanics and then say shooting cheeseburgers? Yeah, there's a gun that shoots cheeseburgers. So, I think Gearbox changed the movement speed for Fight for Your Life. Uh, it's just about walking speed. Yeah, it does feel it does feel a little bit faster than in uh, than in BL2, and you can't move at all in BL1. Uh, Skatarek says, considering the effects of Slaghead on Borderlands 2's endgame, how would you handle radiation to avoid a similar situation? They need intrinsic resistances for all enemies. So, there needs to be... Um, there needs to be a standard movement... Uh, I'm sorry, there needs to be a standard intrinsic resistance in the game so that maybe maybe radiation's great on certain environments or to a certain level and then once you get beyond certain enemy types or bosses maybe always resist it. I don't know, okay? The danger of radiation being similar to slag and then as they said, if if the person has the radiation on them and they explode, it spreads to other people, Okay. I think there's a real danger there. That becomes very powerful, and in the late game, when everything is stronger, you need more strength, you're going to need radiation. So I hope they were thoughtful about that. I hope they kind of thought through how slag became necessary. Changing the name from slag to radiation and having the effects be more influential isn't necessarily going to solve the issue. So I'm hoping since they changed it to radiation, they would say, well, it's radiation. So naturally, there's going to be enemies, boss types, and places where radiation is resisted, and then you're not going to need to be, you know, not going to be able to use that. The only, there's still a lingering problem there. The lingering problem there would be the only places where radiation isn't the meta are those handful of places where it's resisted. That means everywhere else, it's meta. 
So if, you know, 25% of the enemies resist radiation, that means 75% of the time you're going to want radiation with you. Um, so I hope radiation's efficiency was thought through for that particular reason. Opinions get you banned. Would you like to see Willow Tree or Gibbed make a return? This is the stuff that I will very, very open and honest, be full disclosure, admittedly say, I don't care about this stuff. I don't do modding. I don't go through and mess with stuff. I've never been a guy that's enjoyed doing that. Does that mean it shouldn't be in the game? Absolutely not. If there's a if there's a massive amount of community that wants to see it there, I would encourage Gearbox to have that modding Willow Tree Gibbs support there. But perhaps they should wait and do it in a very very like controlled tasteful way. You don't want it there day one. Um, you don't want like day one out of the box people are busting the game, getting all the weapons, making broken weapons, blitzing all the way to the end, killing raid bosses and bosses, and being like, "Yep, game's done." Thanks, Gibbed. Thanks, Willow Tree. I, they'd want to wait at, at the very least, wait a little bit, and then have it be somewhat controlled. Um, you don't want it. You don't want it to be. I don't know. Yeah, here's the cheeseburger gun. He's just launching cheeseburgers right now, and they're blowing up. You see the buns and the lettuce, and the tomato. There you go. Um, uh, next question. I thought it was free. Would it make sense to go back and play Borderlands One and Two since the combat is changing? I don't see why you wouldn't. Just because if you like the idea of chasing loot and you like playing looty shooty games, why wouldn't you go back and play the father of looter shooters? Um, and then that'll think about it like this. You will feel those improvements, okay, in a more profound way if you've played Borderlands 1 and 2. If you don't play Borderlands 1 and 2, you'll boot up this game and be like, cool, feels fine. But if you played Borderlands 1 and 2, you'll be like, oh wow, yeah, this is so much better. So much better. Um, so I would I would say there's there, I don't see a reason to not play the originals. Now, if you want to bypass the pre-sequel because you're short on time, you could do that. If you want to not do Tales from the Borderlands, that's fine too. The ideal situation in my mind would play Borderlands 1, do one playthrough, do all the DLCs, then play the pre-sequel, skip the DLCs, then do Borderlands 2, multiple playthroughs, multiple characters, all the DLC, and then when you feel like you're really, really done, do do a, do a weekend playthrough or a week of Tales from the Borderlands, and then you're ready to rock and roll in Borderlands 3. Um, you'll sense those improvements in quality of life, movement, combat, the guns, uh, everything. And you'll be very familiar with all the characters, the stories, the jokes, the background. Uh, it'll be fun for you. If you don't have time for that or you don't really want to do that, or you want to be bothered, you know, they have a they have videos to catch you up on the story so far. Is Borderlands best play with a controller? Borderlands is best played with whatever you're most comfortable with. If you're not really comfortable on a controller, the value of controller isn't gonna isn't gonna isn't gonna win you over. You're probably gonna want to just go with what's most comfortable. I love playing games like this on a controller. This in Diablo, uh, the quickness of the you know access of abilities and stuff just feels natural. I've been playing shooters with a controller for so long. Uh, mouse and keyboard's great. I play mouse and keyboard in games like Apex Legends and Fortnite, but in games like this, I just like to just casually sit back, open the controller, and just go. Because a lot of the times, you got to remember, you got to remember they're they're not going they're not going to build a game where you feel like controller or mouse and keyboard's inferior. 
PvP mouse and keyboard feels superior because of the speed and the precision, but that's it. Like, it's not necessarily that the game is built where controller's inferior. It's just speed, weapon binding, and button binding, like building and stuff like that in Fortnite. Mouse and keyboard was just so superior. I use the Logitech G502, so all those buttons, oh my gosh, is perfect for Fortnite. But when I play Borderlands, what am I doing? Switching between four weapons, very easy with the D-pad. Shooting, reloading, grenade, punching, and then my ult. That's it. Like, there's just... I don't know. I don't know. And I really liked... I really liked playing Diablo with a controller after years of playing mouse and keyboard because it was just really, really nice to have all my my, my skills right there with the push of a button. Uh, I remember reading an article written by somebody who said, I can't believe how much I enjoy playing Diablo with a controller. They were shocked at just how intuitive it was. It just made sense. Sometimes controller really just clicks. It just I would just go with whatever you think is most comfortable. Uh, Vincent says, do you think Borderlands 3 is going to be good as it seems it can fall short of the hype? If something could disappoint you about the game, what could it be? Um, Endgame is the big question mark. Even Baru himself said that, like, just really hoping they were thoughtful about Endgame. Goth tweeted that, you know, he got to talk to some people about the weapons, and he says that it's just a farmer's dream. There's so many weapons. Um, so, those two guys are really, really old heads in the Borderlands community, so if Baru's kind of like, I'm still kind of waiting for Endgame advice, and, and, and King Athalian's like, well, I, I talked to a weapons guy, it's looking really promising, it's looking really good for farming, then that's promising, but for people that are like, I want more than weapon farming, they're gonna have to maybe think about that, um, but essentially that's kind of what Endgame is for a lot of these games, is grinding for loot, so I don't, I don't necessarily expect them to reinvent the looter, the looter wheel. Uh, Lowell's Vacation. Apologies if this is a bit of a touchy subject at the moment, but what are your thoughts on Randy Pitchford's blowout with Game Informer's article about microtransactions being in Borderlands 3? I think there is an entire industry that makes money, uh, from doing, from, I want to be very careful with how I say this. There is an entire industry that makes money from exaggeration. It is basically the hyperbole principle. I'm going to make up my own principle. Um, The hyperbole principle is that the more exaggerated something is, the more clicks it gets, the more attraction it gets. So this hyperbole principle applies in this situation. Anybody watching the presentation, when Randy says there's no microtransactions, there's just skins and stuff, or however he phrased it, Anybody that's been keeping up with the dialogue knows that he's drawing a distinction between loot boxes, microcurrencies, and the purchase of power, and, like, buying skins. They did skin packs in Borderlands 2, okay? So, let's exaggerate this and be like, oh, he was misleading, he lied, and let's turn it into a story. It's not a story, okay? That's one of the things that frustrates me, okay? Think about it like this. Somebody will write a story and say, fans are upset at the contradiction in what Randy Pitchford said, okay? And they'll write that article, and they'll say that. And the truth is, nobody's upset. Yet. (laughs) Nobody's upset. Not yet. They're going to read your article, they're going to read your headline, they're going to retweet it, they're going to do a drive-by conclusion, and they're going to get upset. It's manufactured controversy, right? Now, I'll concede the point 
that Randy should have been a little bit more careful with his words. But there's something that I just, there's something I love about Randy. He gets up and he's just him. He's not some stuffy corporate, like, stooge. He gets up and he brings out all the devs and he wants everybody to give them a standing ovation. He wants credit to them. Like, I get to stand here and bring about the game. He brings all of them out here. He does a goofy magic trick. He goofs around. He has the cosplayers stand up. He has a cosplayer come up on the stage at PAX. Like, he is not that corporate, like, stuffy guy. He's just, he's just Randy. Right? And I... To me, I like that about him. But what you get when you get a guy like that is he's so jazzed and so excited, he shoots from the hip and isn't super duper careful with his words. So he says, there's no microtransactions, there's just, you know, skins and stuff. Now, I've done this, and this is why I kind of want to defend him a little bit, okay? I do this all the time in my Q&A sessions. I'll re-listen to a Q&A session and I'll be like, I just used the complete wrong word. I'll use the wrong word for an ability, a strike, a gun. I'll use the wrong word, totally. In a video recently, I think I said Mordecai, and I should have said zero. Why? It just happens. Word association in your brain misfires, and you're like, you say the wrong thing. So in his mind, he's thinking, oh, we need to make sure people know we're not doing loot boxes. We're not doing We're not doing pay, pay to win microcurrency so what's he do in his mind when he says that he's like yeah we're not doing the microtransactions guys we're gonna have skins and stuff right yeah I say gold dust instead of bright dust all the freaking time what the frick what is, what is that what is gold dust that's a wrestler but I do it all the time so I know exactly what it's like to get up on a stage to get in front of a crowd to be excited to use a word that people are like wait don't you mean this other thing right So, context is king here. Context is king. Everybody knows what Randy meant. Fans of the franchise know what he meant. And vanity item microtransactions are not controversial right now. What is controversial? What's controversial is loot boxes. Uh, RNG. In-game, essentially, almost like it's gambling. Uh, Buying of power. Microcurrency that gives you benefits in the game over other people. Right? And then other people are like... Well, you pre-order and you get an XP boost. Oh, for frick's sake, they did that in Borderlands 2. It was a relic for like a 5% boost. Like, just calm down, you know? He says what he thinks his fans want to hear in the exact moment and not what he knows is the truth. He does it time and time again. He has a history of doing this. This isn't a mistake of the words. No, Digishon, I completely disagree. I completely disagree. He has a history of speaking out against microtransactions in a particular context. He speaks against microtransactions traditionally with respect to loot boxes, loot boxes, and uh, like microcurrency, like buying of power. And in a, in, a, in a big stage moment, rather than getting down into nuance and specifying that, he just quickly says. No microtransactions, but we're going to have skins and stuff. Anybody who's ever played Borderlands or were sitting in that crowd or watching that stream heard that and knew, oh, I'm going to be able to buy skins, but they're not going to have all the other types of microtransactions that are in the game, right? Hyperbole principle, mind if I use that from now on? Your thoughts are right in line with mine. Game Informer was in the wrong by taking it out of context and making a fake crap story out of it. Randy should have been a bit more careful with his words, but I agree his sentiments on the whole. Right, I just... I know 
in this industry, especially in the streaming industry, I know how people like to take things out of context and profit from it. And I think that's far more gross and disgusting than Pitchford saying the wrong word in the moment, right? What's the gr- what's the greater problem? What's the greater evil? Taking somebody's words where you know what they meant in context, you know what he was what his intentions were, ripping that out, clickbait title and you make money off of it. Is is that bad or is it bad that he said the wrong word? Like I'm telling you, I just again, I think if you compare the two in my mind, you're looking at the universe upside down if you're going to defend clickbait clickbait trash and and misleading people i've had people do that to me they rip a clip out of context misrepresent what you say and make you look dumb they've done it to big fortnite streamers this is not this is not a uh an abnormal thing this has happened many many times so again i'm not trying to be some borderlands apologist here i think he should have used different wording for clarity's sake but i am not gonna side with people that are like he's lying he's dishonest no i don't agree i don't think that was in his heart i don't think he was trying to deceive people i truly don't again there's a history and an ongoing conversations about microtransactions with randy that if you're privy to you you weren't in doubt about what he meant especially if you played Borderlands 2 because they sold skin packs so if you're new to the stream thank you for tuning in if you've never been here before this is just something I like to do cover a game pick a topic I talked about the combat being improved and now I'm taking questions from the audience if you like what you see click the follow button that's a free and easy way to support what I do I'm doing a stream tonight with my wife her name is Madam Crumpet, inspired by Tiny Tina. We played through all the Borderlands games, and we're doing a replay. Uh, we're in Borderlands 1, so be sure to tune in tonight for that. And uh, you got to be following the stream so you get notified, so be sure to click that little heart button. Going to keep going through the questions here. Uh, you're going to die, clown. Well, that is very specific uh, and threatening. I know you kind of mentioned what you do after the first playthrough, but will there be any loot or loot sets only available at certain levels or only available after multiple playthroughs? Um... I don't know if they'll do this. They haven't specified, but I feel like a lot of the loot does change in the in the late game. I can't give you specific examples right now, but I'm fairly certain the loot changes pretty significantly. The names of the loot change. I'm pretty, you know, obviously the levels go up. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to do specific loot sets that change, um, but so we would. Uh, we'll have to just wait and see. You know, you're going to die, clown. Oh, is that from Happy Gilmore? Oh, sorry. My apologies. Uh, Ginger 300. With Marcus now selling backpack upgrades, do you think Crazy Earl will now take Iridium for skins and cosmetics? People have made this speculation because Earl, um, Earl's little thing said something about veteran, and it looked like you could buy special items. So... Uh, no bungo. Can you slide and shoot in Borderlands 3? Uh, I believe so, because when you're sliding, you could probably just hip fire. So I don't know if we'd have to watch carefully to see if anybody does it, but I would think you'd be able to do it. Uh, Jay Griff, do you think there would be a, uh, a loot tier above legendary like Pearls, Borderlands 1 and 2? This is something that I, I, I feel like would, would be um, a potential reality related to a question a couple questions ago about will there be tiers of loot not accessible in the early playthroughs? That is entirely possible. Uh, raid bosses with the Seraf currency and the Seraf weapons, and then obviously the Pearl Essence, they could do something like this. They could do, you know, higher level weaponry and items once you get into the extra playthroughs. We'll have to wait and see. This is again is why Baru's question about like, you know, how's the end game gonna go? 
what you know what's it going to be like what's the influence of radiation what's going to be the influence of you know the bosses and what they drop and what their loot pools look like you know so that's a good question um so if you're here right now and you've never been here before this is the last question we can keep doing this taking questions and talking about it but if i don't get any more questions i'll cut this for the podcast and we'll just keep talking it's up to you guys i'm fine with either if you're new you do have to click the follow button to talk in chat there's no time limit just click follow and then you can submit questions with the question command faux pirate are there only three body styles for vehicles do you think we'll see anything more further on in the game I don't actually know. I don't know if they specified number of body types for vehicles beyond the three. I also don't know if they're ever going to do anything more significant. In the in some of the trailers and footage up to now, we did see different vehicles that we haven't seen yet. There was like one almost that like was like hovering. I've always wanted them to give us flying vehicles, like the uh, what's the oh what's the the vultures? Aren't they called vultures? I think in Borderlands Two. I always thought it would be cool if we could get into vultures uh, and fly them around. It might be kind of neat. I don't know if the way they build the game would allow for that kind of um, verticality. Oh, not vultures. Thank you. Buzzards. It was. I think it's buzzards. Fairly certain it's buzzards. Um, or you're wrong and I was originally right. I'm now second-guessing both of us. In any case, it would be cool uh, to have you know flying vehicles. They did... What do they do in one of the DLCs? Might have been Nox's Armory, where you could finally have four people in the vehicle. Um, and then they did they did they do that in? I think they did that in. Uh, I think they did that in. Did they do that with the bigger vehicles in Borderlands Two? Couldn't you put four people in? One shooting, one driving, and then like two in the back. I think is how you could do it. We, I never really used those. It was usually just me and one buddy. Um, so yeah, vehicle types, I'm sure they could, uh, they could elaborate a little bit more on, um, and that could, that could be, that could be fun. That could be fun. Uh, next question is from tranquility for you and me. Isn't this debate a bit self-drilling? Uh, isn't selling news no different than selling a product? Well, no, I disagree with you. Because selling a product is you get up and you say, how's everybody doing? Here's our new iPhone. Here's all of its features. Here are reasons you would like to buy this iPhone. And then the transaction of value is that I give you money and I get this iPhone. Okay? Selling news is not selling a product. Clickbait videos that are misleading deal in misinformation and create controversy out of thin air you are making money off of an illusion right and not in a good way like illusions michael and not in that way you're making money off of creating anger and emotionally manipulating people and getting them to be angry and frustrated about something that isn't real Imagine, if you will, a news story breaks out about a mayor in some city that is corrupt and is enslaving people, and it actually is believable, and you see footage, and you're like, oh my gosh, and people activate, and they, they try to, they get in their trucks and their cars, and they go to this city, and they, they invest time and emotion, and they get angry, and they, they can't believe it, right? They're talking about it at the water cooler, and it's all fake, right? Well, people will be like, 
this is fraud to the highest degree. Your news channel got all these clicks, you got all this ad revenue, you got all these celebrities to come on and do interviews and talk about really rallying together, and it's all fake, right? That's hyperbolic to prove the point. You're doing it to to a similar degree. You're just doing it microcosmically. It's like, well, it's just a little misleading. It's just creating a little bit of a false narrative and a false story. They've this has been happening for 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 years and even more now. It's hitting a fever pitch. You're not selling them news. You're not selling them a product. You're getting them to. You're baiting them to believe a story that is twisted and turned click click ad revenue click click ad revenue oh wow look at it can you believe this story it's a joke between my wife and i we joke about this she'll be like i read an article well i just read the headline and then she'll tell me the headline and we laugh right it's a little self-deprecating but it's true we deal in half truths and half stories sound bites and clickbait and it's reckless and it's dangerous People's lives and careers are, are, are often ruined and damaged by this garbage. Half information, twisted stories, exaggerated stories, and that's used to, to lambaste a company or a person. And in some respects, this is no freaking different. And that's why it's so irritating and frustrating. Let it happen to you. Let it happen to you. Let's see you end up on the evening news because you misspeak in some bar and someone rips it out of context. It's like, this guy thinks this and this. And then you're, you're drugged through the muck. And let's see how, oh, it's just selling news. Uh, boss is here. Do you think the twins are as good as Jack? We'll have to wait and see. They seem a little bit more meme heavy. Jack was a little bit more psychotic and, and interesting and intriguing and funny. They seem a little bit more like caricature, meme, exaggerated people. And that can be fun. I don't know if you'll top Handsome Jack ever. Faux Pirate. Have they specified when uh, we'll see the other two Vault Hunters? They did not. They did not. My, this has been my guess. This has been my guess. They're going to go to E3, and they're going to have the exact same build, exact same characters. Then they're going to go to Guardian Con and Gamescom with the other two. That's my prediction. That's my prediction. Because by the time we get to Guardian Con and Gamescom, that loses a little bit of a... It loses punch. It loses stream value and viral punch to be like, you can see more of the same thing you've seen the last two times we've done this, right? They're going to limit the scope of what you can play. It's probably going to be the same environments, but I would see them going to Guardian Con and Gamescom with the other two. Now, I don't have any inside information, but that's just my prediction. Is, from a marketing standpoint, that to me makes sense of the structure of what's ahead of them with where they're going and what events they're attending. Me plays games. What do you think uh, who do you think used the promo event the best? Like, who do you think showed us the most from Borderlands 3 and what gun that hasn't revealed would you like to see a return? I'm not big on, on demanding returning guns, um, and I don't really have an answer to your question, unfortunately. I don't really know how to answer, you know, who do you think did the promo event the best? Um, 
I'll say, uh, I'll say Killer Six, because he seems like a nice guy. And he dumped all the weapons on the ground if you want to see all the legendaries. If you don't want to see the legendaries, do not watch his video, because <laughs> he goes through every single one. And unfortunately, people are stealing, uh, they're taking the raw videos and throwing them up on YouTube and monetizing it, which is pretty scummy. Obviously, I'm not using his content right here. This is the Borderlands channel, and we were given permission to co-stream this. So I'm within, I'm within the, I'm within fair use, and this is derivative enough. This is my own content. And I, there's no sound, there's no audio, um, but people are yanking K6's uh, raw video footage and monetizing it, which is pretty scummy. Um, even if they're commentating, I don't know if that's derivative enough. If you're basically just reading over the stats, that's what he did. I don't think that's derivative enough to fall under fair use. Um, so that that argumentation gets kind of hard and kind of gray. But uh, you're gonna die, clown. New to Borderlands, is there any sort of uh, AH for guns? Is there armor to collect or just guns? I don't know what you mean by AH, so maybe qualify that in chat while I answer the second part of your question. Uh, is there armor to collect or just guns? There is a shield modifier that changes the type of shield you're using, uh, refresh rate, how much gives you, and then perks. So sometimes it'll give you more health. Sometimes it'll do like a Nova Blast when it gets depleted, things like that. There's shield, uh, so that's shield mods. There's uh, grenade mods, changes the type of grenade that you're using. Class mod, which tends to give you more skill points in particular things on the skill tree. So you're looking for you're looking for the right kind of you know class mod to make your certain skill really strong. So if you're doing the uh, what's the one called for Zane undercover or something? If you're, you're going to look for a, if you're that's your favorite skill tree that you've invested in, you're going to want to find a class mod that increases skill points there. And then there's relics. Relics gives like random uh, random benefits and, and helps. Oh, auction house. No, as far as I know, no auction house for guns. And please, for the love of frick, don't do it. It's a terrible idea. Techno blaze. From Zed's zombie apocalypse to TT's epic D&D, Tiny Tina's epic D&D campaign. How dare you not put her full name? I'm just kidding. Uh, Borderlands has had some of the best DLC ever. What would you like to see most? I would love to see another Torg DLC, and I would love to see another Tiny Tina DLC. Other than that, I'm not going to make demands. I don't like to do that. I do not like to make demands and have laundry lists of things that I would like... um, in the game. I'm, I'm generally usually like, give me looties and shooties and fun places to go, and if there's variety in the enemies and the weapons, I'm happy. Uh, Kirish, Kirish says, do you think there is any way they could implement something like adventure mode from D3, uh, into Borderlands, as leveling multiple characters could get boring after you've done the story multiple times already on one character? You know, I, I just, I'm not familiar enough with Adventure Mode to really answer this, um, so maybe somebody could spell that out in chat. I am going to deal with the bottom half of your question, why maybe somebody kind of qualifies what Adventure Mode is. These types of games, I described it in my video where I compared it to Destiny, uh, and I said this is a linear loop, and that's where a lot of the value comes from. And I think you have to remember that when you replay the story multiple times, when you're on a completely different character with a completely different skill tree... Uh, the game feels quite a bit different. The boss fights play quite a bit different. The types of weapons you're looking for are very different at that point. You know, Amara's got a build where you're going to want to use shotguns and SMGs because she gets more damage the closer that she is. She gets all these buffs from being up in people's faces. Okay? Well, you're not going to play that way if you go to somebody that gets a bunch of, like, rifle bonuses and sniper bonuses, right? You're going to play differently. You're also going to farm for different weapons. 
Um, adventure mode is bounties, rifts, activities other than story mode. Adventure mode is kind of like free play. You walk around, do whatever you want without any constraints while leveling your character. I mean, we've talked about this before in Destiny, like play through the campaign one time and then if you do any extra characters, they just land in the tower at the max level and can just start grinding and chasing loot for themselves. I don't know if you want to do that in Borderlands just because it's... I don't know if that's true to the franchise. I don't know if that's true to how they've always gotten a lot of life. Because I want you to think about it like this. They build the campaign. They build the side missions. They build the fights. They build the weapon pools. Then they build diversity within the weapon pools. Then they build diversity in the four classes and the skill trees that then has affinities and, and proclivities for the particular weapons that are in there. Like I just outlined, somebody may be looking for snipers and rifles and auto rifles while another is looking for SMGs and shotguns. Changing your loadout, changing your build, changing your playstyle. Now, when they do all that, that lets them spec out replay value, replay hours. You undercut that if you're like, well, we don't have to, you don't have to play any of the story ever again. You did it once with one character. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes into these games' replay value that you potentially, with your suggestion, are hurting. It would have to be done in a really smart way. I, I'm, I'm leaning towards saying they wouldn't do it, and maybe even leaning towards saying they shouldn't do it, just because of how these games are built and how they play. Uh, do you think DLC should be what increases level cap as before, or have it changed? They got to be careful with this because they really limit what they can do with future DLC. If the four DLCs each increase level, eventually you get to a point where it gets absurd. Like you can only have so many skill points spent before content in the game kind of feels trivial. So they got to be careful with that. Um, I think they are going to be careful with that and thinking long term since they had to go to the OP8 levels in Borderlands 2. So we'll see how that plays out. Obviously, we're anticipating new, uh, new playable Vault Hunters as well. Gator Mag. What's up, Lono? Uh, do we know if some or all legendary weapons will have alt fire? I think the manufacturers just come out of the box with alt fire. So, um, I'm not anticipating that being limited to legendaries. Uh, because he picked up a gray weapon at the beginning, uh, level 2, and demonstrated alt fire right at the beginning of the reveal. So I don't think alt fire is limited, um... I don't think alt fire is limited to to legendaries. So we'll have to wait and see how it's implemented. Maybe alt fire gets more perks and more punch when they're a legendary, but they showed us a gray level two weapon with alt fire. It was a Jacobs right as soon as the reveal started. So that is the last question. Uh, seems to be kind of winding down a little bit, so I'm going to cut this. We can keep talking. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all of my content, please like, share, and subscribe.